Blog Talk Radio. You are listening live to Aquatic Wetline Radio Show with your host, the aquatic man himself, Aqua Alex. Aquatic Wetline is a one-stop radio show for everything freshwater, cichlids, catfish, oddballs, lagos, and much more. Plus, we will be discussing saltwater and reptiles. Aquatic Wetline is your original fish keeper podcast that started it all for the fish keepers. What is on the aquatic discussion tonight? Let's dive down into the Aquatic Wetline headquarters and find out. Here's your host, Aqua Alex. Take it away, Alex. The Aquatic Wetline is brought to you by Akari Tales USA. School of Fish, Inc., Fish Frenzy Tropical Fish, and Blue View Aquatic. Don't forget to head to your local fish store or pet shop to pick up some Hikari products, such as our famous Hikari Bio Pure Frozen Foods, which include delicious treats such as bloodworms, mysis shrimp, brine shrimp, and more. If you live in Western Massachusetts, be sure to stop by School of Fish, Inc., and Fish Frenzy Tropical Fish for the finest quality of freshwater and saltwater livestock, fish tanks, and more. Now, let's get on with the podcast. Remember, you can download today's podcast via iTunes or by simply going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash AquaAlex. Now, AquaAlex, take it away. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Aquatic Wetline Radio Show, your one-stop radio station for everything aquatic, family, everything freshwater fish and freshwater side of the hobby. You're tuned in to the only show that is hosted by Fish Keepers for Fish Keepers, and I'm your host, Aqua Alex. Thank you for joining me today for my second episode of 2015 has got a great show for you tonight on the Aquatic Wetline, and I know you guys are going to enjoy this show. I'm going to enjoy this show because I've got my first guest of 2015 on the line with me today, and I'm doing another one of my favorite series here on the Aquatic Wetline today. Now, today's show is going to be the first episode of Fish Keepers United in 2015, so that's very awesome. Now, in 2014, we had three wonderful Fish Keepers United episodes. Now, I'm happy to bring it back in 2015 with a wonderful first guest here in 2015 for our fourth total episode of this show. So, this is our first Fish Keepers United in 2015, and we got our first guest of 2015. So, I'm going to go ahead and Welcome our guest to the show, our first guest of 2015. He is the owner of Jeff's Fish and Aquarium Discussion Group on Facebook. So welcome to the Aquatic Wetline for the very first time, Jeff. How are you doing today, sir? Thank you very much. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Very excited to do the show. Awesome. I'm happy to have you here. I'm doing great. I'm happy to have you on the show today. Good, good. Thank you very much. So, 
where where do you want to start? Sure. Uh, we'll start. We'll start by discussing your uh, wonderful um, Facebook group. Don't you have a beautiful Facebook group that you want to tell us about? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a, a a group like you said called Jeff's Fish and Aquarium Discussion Group. Um, we, we're trying to uh, do a group dedicated to uh, fish keeping and and actual education of keeping certain, you know, all different types of fish. We're not strictly freshwater. We uh we also have people that know a lot about saltwater in there. Um and we try to, to keep it to no selling, you know, no uh and we, we try to keep all trolling to a minimum. We just want to keep it a fun group and keep it educational educational and knowledgeable. So uh that's what we're trying to do with that. Um I I got a few uh good people that helped me run that. Uh I got some great admins. Their names are uh, Rob Cartledge. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, Matthew Barlow um, and Mandy Cohen and myself. So, and they're from all over the world. So, it kind of helps with the time zones. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great group. I love being a part of that group. And thank you for letting me advertise my show on there. Yeah. No. No problem. Anytime. Again, thanks for letting me be a guest, uh, especially the first one of the year. Appreciate it. It's a great honor. You're welcome, sir. I, I love having you on the show today. Now, any of our live listeners can go ahead and call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two with any questions for us or questions for Jeff, because this is a Fish Keepers United episode. So go ahead and call in one three four seven. Nine eight nine eight one four two, and we would love to answer your call. So call with any questions or answer our questions tonight that you might have for us. So tonight, Jeff and I are going to ask each other questions, and then we're going to talk about discus and stingrays. I love freshwater stingrays too, and I'm pretty sure you guys love freshwater stingrays as well. But let's get started now. So I'll start the show by asking Jeff some of my questions, and then Jeff will ask me his questions. So is it okay if I start asking you questions, Jeff? Yeah, go ahead. I'm ready. Okay. Well, my first question for you is, how long have you been in the fish hobby, and what got you in the hobby? Um, I actually started keeping fish for a while when I was – I would have to say I was probably about – 15 or 16 when I started. I'm uh, 46 now, so that gives away uh, a little bit of age there. So uh, anyways, um, I started out with some fresh water. Um, as my, my dad and I basically got into it. Uh, first species I kept was uh, I had freshwater piranha. Well, of course, I had freshwater piranha. Duh. And uh, I actually kept them in the same tape with uh, Oscars. That was my first setup, uh, red belly piranhas and Oscars. Then uh, I kind of got bored with that, and I went saltwater. So by the time I was uh, 17, I've already been through my first freshwater and saltwater tank. Then uh, I kind of got out of the hobby for a while, and I've been in and out of it a few times. Um, I, I went through different phases, kept reptiles, kept large macaws, kept uh, arachnids. Got back into fish for a little while, kept some discus for a bit. Um, then I had a saltwater reef for quite a few years in my 20s. Um, that kept me uh, 
that kept me going. I, I love the salt water, but uh, I always loved the discus. So when I got back into it again, that would have to been about six years ago. My 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 now wife, then girlfriend, decided she wanted a fish tank. So we went out and just I thought we'd just do a ten gallon fish tank and then try it out, see how she liked it. Well, she ended up liking it, so. She said, we want something a little bit bigger than that. We need that. So uh, uh, without her knowing, um, we went from a 10-gallon to a 100-gallon tank because bigger's better, right? So uh, and then I'll snowball <laughs> from there. I ended up with about eight tanks, so we can we can discuss those later if you want. But that that's, a, that's sure. really how I got into the whole thing. Awesome, that's great. Great uh, great, inf- uh, great information and a great answer. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, what kind of a fish are you currently keeping right now? Um, a, a, a wide, wide variety. Um, I have a 10-gallon tank with uh, all that's in that. It's a planted tank, but the only two fish in there are two uh, dwarf Indian puffers. Um, I have a uh, another 10-gallon tank that we have the... Uh, a Fantel Beta in. Um, I have a 20-gallon tank that's um, my quarantine tank, and I have two red, two baby uh, red and blue snakeskin discus in there, as well as a baby cobalt, um, turquoise cobalt um, discus. I have a 90-gallon uh, display tank of discus with uh, a pigeon blood or a, and a blue pigeon blood. A Marlboro Red, a Brilliant Turquoise, and a, uh, a Blue Diamond in that tank, as well as about 15 Reservoir Hats, a couple of uh, Rummy Nose um, Tetras, and six six different kinds of uh, Cory Cats. Then I got a 100-gallon Planted Tank. Um, in that tank, there's too many fish to list. I got probably about 20 different species of fish in that tank. Um, all small. Um, any, I got tetras in there. I've got barbs. I've got ballast sharks, angelfish. Uh, I have rope fish. I have a couple bristlenose uh, plectos. One common pleco. I have uh, val- valisneria in there, and uh, Amazon swords and a, a lily a lily pad plant. I keep a Mississippi mat turtle or turtle, and a. Uh, about forty gallon long. I, I have one one Mississippi map turtle in there, and then downstairs I have a seventy five gallon tank that I'm just running as a holding tank right now. But just keep something in there. I have a fourteen uh, inch black ghost knife. I have a geophagus altitron and two uh, lemon barbs, and then my two hundred and forty gallon tank. I have three reticulated stingrays, one male, two females. I have a geophagus ultrasound in there. I have six Congo tetras. I have uh, one zebra, Daniel. He's the only one left. Um, the other one's got eight. <laughs> and uh, I have uh, two uh, African brown knife fish. Yeah, the uh, the stingrays were being little stinkers. <laughs> well, that's great. You've got a wide variety of fish. I like the stingrays and the... 14-inch black ghost knife. You don't see black ghost knife that big that much anymore. No, no. He, uh, yeah, he grew up pretty good. Um, I'm, I'm pretty proud of him. Unfortunately, I might have to find him a home. So, 
I'm a, I'm a, is, uh, he doesn't do well with the stingrays. And the, like I said, the 75-gallon is just a, um, a holding tank right now. I'm, I'm hoping that my stingrays at some point have babies and I'll have to put the babies in there. At that point, I'll have to find something to do with my black ghost knife. That'd be cool if your stingrays do breed for you. Yeah, I'm hoping. Keeping my fingers crossed. <laughs> I got a, I got some time to go yet because uh, they're still young. But like I said, I'm keeping the fingers crossed. That's why I got two females. He doesn't like one. Hopefully, he likes the other. <laughs> so he's got, he's got like two to choose from. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I gave him, I gave him options. <laughs> Maybe I'll get lucky and he'll like both. <laughs> That'd be great. He could be a good womanizer. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, they're, also, they're reticulated stingrays. They're uh, so they're not the fancy, you know, black with the white polka dots or the marbles or the flowers. Or they got kind of a plain pattern to them. But it's what I had to. Uh, that's the option I had at the time, and that's what I went with. So we went. I was going from there. We'll see how I ride out with these ones and. Hopefully I, I do well with these. I'll, I'll get to graduate up to the uh, other species of stingrays. Ah, uh, nice. I love stingrays. I've kept motoral stingrays before. You have the teacup ones, right? Yeah, yeah. They, that people are going to get mad at me for saying this, but I've worked at a pet store. There's really not such a thing as a true teacup and people are going to argue with me about this. How that whole thing got started is freshwater stores would get these stingrays in and not know what species they are. And actually I can verify proof of that. I I can show you areas on the Internet where we'll we'll go through the story. You get by a teacup, they didn't know what kind of actual stingray it was because it was too small, didn't have the markings. Could have been a hystrix, it could have been a retic, could have been a couple other species, but they didn't know. So the name teacup stuck. Fortunately, the name teacup mostly is associated with a retic now. Also, they'll pass off hystrix as teacups as well. Um, but uh, and, but they look completely, they're two completely different species of uh, stingray. And actually, hystrix stay smaller than retics. You can you could keep Two, uh, you can keep two retic or two hystrix in a hundred and eighty gallon tank for life. They won't, they won't outgrow it. Oh, that's awesome! I wouldn't recommend no, it. Of them. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. You know, because they like space, but you, you can do it. They don't. The, the, the females only get roughly fourteen inches, and the males get nine to ten. So, but. It's very, very hard to get retics now. I mean, not, not retics. Back up. It's very, very hard to get hystrix now because the uh, the importation of them from Brazil has been banned. You can get the Peruvian flavor of that, but they're not true hystrix. They'll get bigger than the ones from Brazil. Oh, that sucks. Any, anyways, my uh, next question for you is, are you <laughs> Sorry for about that. or against a- that's okay. <laughs> my next question for you. My next question for you is: Are you for or against hybrids such as flower horns and blood parrots? Um, 
that's a tough one for me to to call. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm going to answer it this way. I'm not against hybrids. I am against people injecting color in fish. And I know that that was a big thing with parrotfish because you used to be able to buy parrotfish as blue or pink or green or orange, um, but that color is injected. I'm not a big fan of that. And besides, as they grow, they're going to turn back into the reddish-pink color that they originally were anyways. They're a derivative of a, if I remember right, they're a derivative of a red devil and, and a severum maybe. But I know that they're a hybrid of, uh, of, of of at least one of those two species. But, uh, yeah, as far as, uh, you know, people are doing that all the time with stingrays as well. There's all kinds of hybrids of stingrays. I don't really see the issue with that. I just don't think we should be altering the, the color of fish. That's just me. I agree with you, on That's a good point. I'm not. I'm not really big onto the man-made. Yeah, I'm losing. I'm losing you just a little bit there. You're you're faded in and out. Okay. Uh, I was saying that I I don't agree with the coloring of fish either. Oh yeah, yeah. I just think that's wrong. I agree. Okay, so do you ever see yourself keeping saltwater now? Um, yeah, possibly in the future. I, I I would actually like to get another. I'm not big into the FOWLRs. I I would rather have reefs. I'm big time into the reef. I really like the way reefs look. I love corals, um, and and such. Um, but diving into uh, the fish that I already have, you know, I spent quite a bit of money. I mean, you've had the Toros, you know, those aren't cheap. And then everything that you need to filter and tank size and all that. And uh, saltwater costs quite a bit of money. So that's been my shortcoming for that. But uh, I plan on, uh, I plan at some time, you know, getting into that. My ultimate goal is I have to build another tank for my stingrays because my 240-gallon is way too small for them. So my ultimate goal is to get that tank built, get the stingrays moved, put my discus in a 240-gallon tank, and take my 90 and start with that as a uh, weak tank. But that, that's, 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 that's going to be in the future. Sounds great. I love saltwater, too. Yeah, fish are beautiful, absolutely beautiful. That's true. What is your favorite fish now? What what is your favorite fish that you have currently right now? Oh, my biggest fear right now? Getting stung (laughs) by a stingray. (laughs) (laughs) I heard it hurts really, really bad. And because of the venom, I mean, it doesn't really hurt you. It's not enough to kill a human, but it burns, and you can feel it for months. (laughs) Yeah, that's my biggest fear. (laughs) So what is your favorite fish? My favorite fish? Yes. I'm not. That's a tough question for me. It really is because I I actually, I have a top three, and I don't know which one would actually be my favorite. My top three is going to be my dwarf puffers because they're just the coolest little fish. They're like little dogs. 
they come and beg for food and every they're just awesome. They're a half inch they're about a half inch to an inch long. I mean that's the whole that's they're full grown. Um and then obviously stingrays and, and discus. I would have to say my favorite fish I have right now though is my um blue pigeon blood discus. I I would have to say it's probably my favorite fish I have right now. Awesome. The blue pigeon discus sound like they're a beautiful looking discus. They 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 are. Um, I I have pictures of them posted on my group, also on my my fish page that I have. I have just a fish page. It's not a group. It's just my page of my own personal stuff, but all my stuff's posted on there too. Nice. Now, have you ever bred any fish? Do you, do you have any fish breeding right now? No. No, um, back a, quite a few years ago when I had the discus the first time, we're talking probably about 15 years ago, I did have a set of discus that would breed and I would have fry, but for some reason they would eat them. So I was never able to successfully, you know, grow them out. So, uh, but as of right now, I, 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 I do not. Um, I'm hoping with the pairs of stingrays that I do get some. But as of right now, no. Oh, that's too bad. Hopefully, in the future, yeah. your stingrays will breed. Yeah, well, they're they're only the males only six months old, and the females are only just just over a year, probably thirteen months old. So it's going to be a little bit yet for that. Yeah, they got they got to become teenagers first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, I'm hoping. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Awesome. Now, the next question is one that I ask all my guests on this series because I like to get various answers from various fish keepers on this topic. So, Jeff, what are your tips for beginners who are entering into the fish keeping hobby? I think my tips would be before you actually, if you're getting into it for the very first time, do a little bit of research. Find out what kind of fish you really want, what they're compatible with. Get an idea of what kind of setup that you're going to need for that particular, you know, set of fish that you're interested in getting. Um, I'm more into the, uh, you know, there's a lot of different views about this, but I'm more into the uh, doing a fishless cycle. You know, so get your get your tank set up. You know, get it the way you want it cycle it, get it to where it needs to be, and then start adding your uh, fish that you would like to get. And that would probably be my my best advice for someone starting for the first time. Just do a lot of research and make sure that what you're looking for is what you really want and what is compatible with what you want to have in your tank. Sounds great. Great information and great advice from you, Jeff. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Now, I'm very curious to find out all other fish keepers' fish stores, so if you could, tell us about your local fish store, Jeff. What do you enjoy about it, and what do you dislike about it? Um, well, I, I truly, my, my local fish store, well, I have, there's a couple of them. There's the one I used to work at, which is VI Pets, which I, I rarely go there anymore. Um, but my favorite local fish store is... Um, Bluefish Aquarium in Granville. It's 20 minutes away from me, 
but uh, I, I, I've gotten a good rapport over there with the people that work there. They're knowledgeable. The stores kept immaculate. Um, all their tanks are individual tanks. They're not set up all on one filter system. So if one tank gets sick, that's the only tank that's going to get sick. You know, it's not going to spread to all the other tanks, which many stores do that. They'll set up a set of 20 tanks and run one filtration system over all 20. And these guys are all individual. Um, Like I said, they're very knowledgeable, very helpful people. Um, This is just a good atmosphere. You know, I go there so much, I know them all by by name. Um, And there's really, I guess the only thing that I could say I dislike about it it is every once in a while, you know, and, it, and I understand it's tough out there for business, but they don't always have exactly what I want. So, um, you know, but that's going to happen anywhere you go. So there's always Amazon. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, I have done that. So, but, uh, yeah, other than that, you know, there's, it's a great place. I really enjoy my my local fish store. Um, I don't say who the members are, but I've got three of the members of my local fish store in my group. I, I, I just keep them secrets for you know so people don't start bombarding them with questions and whatnot. But yeah, so I have a good rapport with them. I buy more than just fish there too. So, but anyway, they, That's uh, awesome. they also have. Yeah, they also have reptiles. Uh, I've bought a few reptiles there. Oh, that's great. You're lucky. My fish store doesn't sell reptiles. They just sell fish and fish supplies. Oh, yep, yep. I got red-footed tortoise, two of them, uh, two females, and uh, that's where I got my Mississippi map, my my turtle. Oh, lucky you. I love turtles. I can't have one here, though. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the future I can get a turtle. Yeah, there you go. We got the Mississippi map turtle just because they stay small. They 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 only get like five to six inches. Um, you know, if you get a readier slider, they can get up twelve, thirteen inches in diameter. So we we decided to go with the Mississippi map just because they're they're small. <laughs> I want a Mississippi Mississippi map now. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're awesome. They're cute. Did I lose you? I think I lost you. Sorry, sorry, Alex. Oh, I'm here still. I said I think I'm gonna get on the Mississippi map now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, what's the next question? <laughs> okay, perfect. My next question is: How often do you get to get new fish? Um, luckily, my life's not that bad with that, so as often as I want, <laughs> whenever I got extra money in my pocket, um, or I can afford them, you know, like, uh, I've been trying to collect and build up my discus, uh, or my, my, my collection of discus right now, and, uh, unfortunately, those are like $45 a piece, so, you know, for me to just go in there and start dropping money, you know, I, I might buy two or three at a time, but uh, that that's that's my goal right now. I want, I want to get at least nine or ten, maybe eleven discus in that ninety-gallon tank. So, 
Right now, it's just an issue of money. Yeah, it seems that the economy is getting a little bit better, but still people are having a lot of hard times. But the fish hobby is a hobby that really isn't too expensive, but it can still be expensive. So I'm glad you yep. I'm glad you enjoy getting new fish, though, and your wife supports you getting new fish. Oh, yeah. Yep. She had no problem with that. So I'm lucky there. I know that there's a lot of people that are married where they'll come home with fish and get in some trouble. I'm not <laughs> one of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Does she have her own fish tank? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much the 100-gallon is hers. The uh, tropical, you know, that's just her community tank, her planted community tank. That's hers. Oh, nice. So she enjoys that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she loves her. She really loves her ballast sharks and her rope fish and her platinum uh, angel fish. Those are her favorites. Oh, nice. The platinum angels are very nice looking. The platinum angels are very nice. They're a very cool looking angel yeah. fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some. Uh, I've never seen them before, but we until now we got some uh, of these little fish called uh, penguin tetras. They're <laughs> really cool looking little tetras. I, I, I'm sorry, Alex. I, I I couldn't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. There must be some technical issues. Are you ready for your next question? I sure am. Okay. What do you feed your fish? Oh, man. <laughs> so many different fish, so many different foods. Um, well, I guess I'll start with this. The discus. I do give them uh, cobalt discus flakes. They get those twice a day. I rotate um, between beef heart and uh, frozen um, bloodworms and frozen brine shrimp at night. They all get they, they all get fed three times a day. Um, the stingray tank downstairs that only gets fed once a day. They get a variety of well, I've got tropical fish in there too, so they get tropical fish flakes. Um, but the stingrays get either raw, thawed-out frozen shrimp, you know, started out as frozen, but I thaw them out, give them shrimp, or earthworms, live blackworms. So they got a, a variety of different foods that they get. The dwarf puffers, they get snails, and uh, they get uh, brine shrimp. The uh, community tank, they get, that gets flake food. And then uh, I do uh, a carnivore, a haikari carnivore food for the uh, rope fish. For you know, he gets that, and then uh, they get wafer bars in there for the uh, plecos. And I've seen—I didn't know this before, but I've seen from other groups just recently that plecos love cucumbers and stuff. So I'm going to try that. Um, and really, that—that that, I think that covers all my fish. So, yeah, there's uh, some of them are high maintenance. Some of them are easy. Sounds great. So it sounds like they have a varied diet and you have a lot of food you feed them, so they're probably happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, if you feed fish the same thing over and over and over, you know, they like the the rays. If I was to feed them, 
you know, just uh, live blackworms all the time. Well, if you, of course, you run the risk of parasites with blackworms, and it'll cause them liver problems because it, it just—it's not good to have the same thing all the time. So I'm trying—I'm trying real hard to uh, get them to eat, you know, eat other things. I'm, I'm actually working right now on trying to get them to eat pellets, just so they can have something else. But uh, reticulated stingrays are the hardest ones to get changed to any other food. I mean, I'm lucky I got them on earthworms and and shrimp from, you know, live blackworms. That was a that was a chore all by itself. I wish you luck in getting them to eat pellets. Oh, we'll You're get welcome. There. <laughs> <laughs> now, my next question for you is: What are some of your pet peeves in the fish hobby? Oh, people keeping fish that belong in a four or five hundred gallon fish tank in like a fifty five. That's probably my biggest pet peeve. You know, if you want a silver arowana, don't have a fifty five gallon tank. You know, those things get three feet long. They actually get four feet long in nature, but there's been no documented cases of them getting full size in the aquariums. You know, that I, I guess that would be my biggest pet peeve. Or people that keep bettas in a, a betta bowl. Uh, um, I'm one of them people that don't believe that you should do that. You know, give the, That's why ours is in a 10-gallon tank. You know, Give it some room. You know, How would you like to be locked up in, in your bedroom for your whole entire life? I agree with you on that, especially on the monster fish part. I'm, you're 100% correct on that. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> but you see that all the time, you know. It's, uh, I, I have my fish group, and I have other fish groups that I belong to, and you know, you got these guys showing off their red-tailed catfish in, in, in a 55 or a 75 gallon tank. You know, it's like you realize that thing's going to get four feet long. <laughs> you know, it just it it just irks me. Yeah, it looks a lot of fish keepers, too. So I think that's my basic pet peeve. You know, if you're going to keep something, you know, I know a lot of, there's a lot of genuine people out there that do this. Do the research, find out what you're actually going to need, and uh, go from there. Sounds great. And my final question for you, Jeff, is what is the one fish you will never keep or you won't see yourself keeping? Personally, I don't know. Um, I've never had a desire to keep goldfish. That's probably one of the fish I probably won't ever keep. That's just me. Nothing personal but again, out there for anybody that keeps goldfish. That's just not a fish I'm interested in. Awesome. I'm not, I'm not into goldfish either. I think goldfish are big waste producers, but I'm personally not into mm-hmm. them either. Now I do keep I, I, I do have to admit outside in my, my pond I do keep shabunkin and koi. I don't consider them goldfish. Koi are beautiful. But uh I guess some goldfish can be too, but they're outdoors in the pond. In fact, it is three degrees here right now and they're still outside in the pond. I gotta keep a heater in there. <laughs> 
That's good, though. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Right. Well, those are my questions for you. Those are all my questions for you. Cool. I'm going to so, uh, open take... up my tab. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. What, what was you the might question? Have... You mind if we take a quick commercial break? Oh, man, go ahead. Pay the bills. Okay, per- perfect. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break here on the Aquatic Wetline. And coming up next, Jeff is going to ask me his wonderful questions. And we'll talk about discus and stingrays coming up next here on the Aquatic Wetline, our first episode of Fish Keepers United for 2015 with our first guest of 2015, Jeff Hanwerg. So hope you guys are enjoying the show. If you're listening live, go ahead and call in. 1-347-989-8142 with any questions for us or answer our questions that we're asking each other. That's 1-347-989-8142. We're going to hear a word from our sponsor, Hikari Seals USA, School of Fish, Inc., Fish Friendly Tropical Fish, the International Aquatic Association, and Dakota Aquatics Plus. So stick around, folks. There's more coming up after the commercial break. Hikari offers a wide selection of aquatic diets to help you and your fishy friend find success. With more than 137 years of aquatic experience, Hikari was the originator of species-specific diets long before others thought it was important or trendy, and the first to bring unique products to fish keepers like algae wafers, the world's first diet specifically formulated for Procosinus, micropellets, the world's first micro-coated aquatic diet for tropical fish, Saki Hikari, the world's first probiotic-enhanced diet for koi, goldfish, cichlid, and now turtles. And BioPure, the world's cleanest and most nutrition-packed frozen and freeze-dried foods, industry trendsetters when they were first introduced. When you're looking for the best aquatic diets your hard-earned money can buy for your aquatic pets, look no further than Hikari. Your fish and your wallet will be forever grateful. School of Fish, Inc. offers everything an aquarium hobbyist in western Massachusetts needs. We offer the best of livestock from freshwater to saltwater and everything in between. We also have the best corals and live rock. School of Fish, Inc. carries the best brands of fish food, medications, and equipment such as Hikari, Tetra, Marineland, API, and much more. Stop by and check us out today. School of Fish, Inc. located at 1865 Page Boulevard, Springfield, Massachusetts. And we can be reached at 413-543-1994. We're open Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Closed Tuesdays. Check out School of Fish, Inc. That's School of Fish, I-N-C, on Facebook for exclusive deals, specials, and see what's new. Fish Frenzy Tropical Fish is a fish store located in South Hadley, Massachusetts. Fish Frenzy offers the finest in freshwater and saltwater livestock, aquarium equipment such as Marineland, Aquian, and Flaval, fish foods such as Hikari, Tetra, and more. Fish Frenzy has moved to a new location to get many more awesome fish in. Fish Frenzy has the cheapest prices in town for fish. Go check out at the court at Fish Frenzy and you will not be disappointed. Fish Frenzy is located at 14 Main Street in South Hadley, Massachusetts. You can reach at the court at Fish Frenzy at 413-536-7700. 
Ed at Fish Frenzy looks forward to serving you the Western Mass Fish Keepers. to bring you a special report. Do you need advice on planter tanks? Do you need advice on community tanks? Do you need advice on cichlids? Do you need advice on discuss? Well, get over to the IAA channel now! We can help you with planted tanks, saltwater tanks, community tanks, filtration, DIY, lighting, dosing, CO2, discus, angelfish, German blue rams, African cichlids, and any other community fish. Subscribe to the IAA channel today! Thank you, IAA! Dakota Aquatics Plus is the next best aquarium keeping show here on Blog Talk Radio. Your host of this show, Andrew will dive deep into the topics of freshwater and saltwater fish, reptiles, and other pets. Dakota Aquatics Plus is live every Saturday and is a show that you will enjoy. So check Andrew out. blogtalkradio.com forward slash Dakota Aquatics Plus. Fish Geeks is an online Fish Geeks is an online Facebook Fish Geeks is an online Facebook fish group that is dedicated to the aquarium hobby. We have thousands of members who all love this aquarium hobby. All of our members are a fish geek one way or another. If you are serious about this hobby and love fish, then come join our group on Facebook you fish geek. Type in the search bar on Facebook Fish Geeks and click join. Hey, live listeners of the Aquatic Wetline, did you know you can call in live right now to ask any fish questions or join tonight's fish chat? Just simply dial 1-347-989-8142. You may ask any fish questions you might have or chat with us about tonight's subject. You can also ask our guests any questions you might have as well. So go ahead and call in 1-347-989-8142. Please go to a quiet location and turn off the speaker on your phone. Please wait until we see your call and bring you live. But go ahead and call in 1-347-989-8142. Give us a holla if you hear us. You are now tuned in to the one and only Fish Keeping Podcast 
on Blog Talk Radio that started it all. With over 100 episodes, the Aquatic Wetline has something for you. What is Alex going to discuss next? Let's get back to the show to find out. Remember, you can call in anytime at 1347-989-8142. Now, back to Aqua Alex. And we're back here live on the Aquatic Wetline, and I do apologize for the technical issues during our commercial break. We got it fixed and we're under control now. We're back here tonight, and we got our first guest on the line, our first guest of 2015. We got Mr. Jeff Hanwerg with us on our Fish Keeper United. And before commercial break, I asked Jeff my question. So now Jeff is going to ask me his questions, and then we're going to talk about discus and stingrays. But first, I want to remind you guys that are listening live, you can call in at 1. 1- Three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. If you have any questions you want to ask Jeff or ask me, or if you want to answer Jeff's questions that Jeff's going to ask me, you can go ahead and call in one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. So I know Jeff, you've got some wonderful questions for me. So I can't wait to hear your questions. So would you like to start asking me my questions? Yeah, let's go. All right, my first question, what got you into the hobby of fish keeping? Oh, a great question, and I really do enjoy that question. Now, my dad got me into hobby. He was keeping fish way before I was born. At 13 years old, I got tired of watching my dad have fish, so I asked if I could have my own tank, and at 13, I got my own fish tank, which... Looking back now, I'd probably get a ton of hate for, laughs out loud. I've had a Red Devil, I've had two Oscars, I've had a Jack Dempsey, a Paco, and three Pucos in a 55-gallon aquarium. But I was a beginner at that point in the hobby. I was new to the hobby. I am glad I've learned so much since then, though, and I know that I can't even keep any of those fish in a 55-gallon now. Yeah, yeah, that would. Uh, I bet that was interesting when you had them all in there. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. There was like a, it's like watching WWE wrestlers go at it in that small of a thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Wow. Um, all right. Well, my second question. Well, you answered the second question. My second question was, how old were you? But obviously, you were thirteen. <laughs> Yes, I was uh, I was 13 years old, but at 14 years old, I got a 150-gallon aquarium. So one year later in the hobby, I really took off. I was probably the youngest person to have a 150-gallon at 14 years old. So I really did enjoy the hobby. I started at 13 years old. Awesome, awesome. Um, all right, third question. Where where do you get your fish? Local fish store, or PetSmart, Pet Supplies Plus? Where do you get them? I get my fish from my local fish stores, who are actually sponsors of the Aquatic Wetline. I get my fish usually from 
School of Fish, Inc., Fish Ready Tropical Fish. And sometimes I go to a, like a, a large Massachusetts region chain pet store called Dave's Pet Food City. But I usually don't go there too often because some of their fish prices are kind of high. But Dave's Pet Food City does have a buy three fish, get one free. But I like the bigger fish, so it really doesn't work well for me because I can't buy four Oscars and expect them to live in a 75. So I re really don't go to Dave's that often. Now, I very rarely, if ever, buy fish anymore from Petco or PetSmart because we all know some of their fish there aren't the healthiest. And the closest PetSmart to me is all the way in Enfield, Connecticut. So luckily for me, I guess, PetSmart is out of the way. But I do have a couple of Pecos up here, and most of the Pecos up here stock on healthy fish from time to time. Once in a great while, they have healthy fish, but um, a lot of times the fish up here at Pecos are all sick and dying. I also do online shopping from time to time. I go online, aquabid.com. Sometimes if I'm looking for a cichlid, I go to Jeff Raps at tangledupincichlids.com or even aquascapeonline.com. So that's where I get my fish from. That's cool. That's cool. I've never bought fish online before, so um, uh, 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 how do they come? Do they come to your door? Do you pick them up at the airport? Uh, how, Actually, how do you get them? There's two options, two options there. You can pick them up at the airport, or you can pay the extra shipping for to your door. To, to your door, I believe, is like $20 more than it is to ship to your airport, but I definitely would go with the, to your door because it's a lot safer that way. You're going to get to you in person, and it's usually a lot quicker to your door, in my opinion. Cool. Very cool. I might have to try that myself someday. All right. My fourth question. Um, what types of aquariums are you keeping? An example, you got, do you have freshwater and saltwater? Um, obviously, you have freshwater. Um, just wondering if you, if you kept saltwater at all. Um, unfortunately not, not, not right now. I have never kept saltwater before. I've been freshwater all my life, but I'm thinking about getting into saltwater this year, actually. So I'm looking into getting into saltwater probably by the spring or maybe even the summer, but I definitely will be getting into saltwater. I like the clownfish. I like the tangs and I like some of the saltwater specimens that are out there. So I will be getting into saltwater at some point. Okay. I'm going to give you my first free Advice on saltwater fish. Okay. Whatever you get, make sure you get the yellow tang last. If you get a yellow Ooh, tang, awesome. buy him last. They're super, super territorial. And uh, if you buy him first, I made this mistake. If you buy him first and then you try to add other fish, you might he might kill him. <laughs> so... There's my uh, my first saltwater advice for you. Awesome, that sounds great. I appreciate that. I like the blue hey, no, things no. too. Yeah, those are. I I had powder powder blue and powder brown. I love those. Those are awesome fish. But uh, yeah, that's a whole other story. <laughs> so, uh, all right, man. My my fourth question, or my fifth question. I'm losing track here. What is your favorite kind of filtration? Um, hang on the back, internal, uh, sump, canister. What kind of filtration do you prefer? 
I actually uh, have two filters that I prefer to pick uh, that I prefer depending on the type of fish I'm keeping in, if I'm doing freshwater or saltwater. Um, for freshwater, I like to, for freshwater, I like to say hang on the back filtration is the way to go. Um, I like mm-hmm. using hang on the back filtration. I like using hang on the back filtration because they're a lot easier to clean and they have a lot of good bacteria in them. Um, sometimes if I'm keeping like really hardy fish such as tetras and I use a sponge filter, but my go-to filter is a hang-on-the-back filter. And for saltwater, I've been told the canister filter is the way to go. So I guess my second favorite filter would be a canister filter. Gotcha. Yeah, those are great answers. Um, I, I'm more of a my, – my first saltwater tank, I didn't even use a filter. Um, you, you, you can do a system called a, a Berlin system. You might want to – you guys would have to look that up. It's it, it, it's um, basically what it is is it's for reef tank. You use your filtration is your amount of live rock that you have in the tank because live rock will actually eat the. Uh, uh, it, it's a beneficial bacteria, but you have to have a lot of it. So um, like if you have a hundred gallon tank, you have a hundred pounds of live rock. But that is your filtration, and then you just put a skimmer on the. Uh, on the back. Um, I, right now, my favorites are, are, are the canister. I got a bunch of fluvals. I'm going to uh, be doing a uh, experiment with a moving bed filter with K1 Calmness probably this summer. Kind of excited about that. Anyway, enough about me. Um, number six, have you ever made any do-it-yourself items for your aquariums? I had to think about that. I've made a couple of cheapskate stuff. I've made caves with rocks. I've made a driftwood plant thing where I stuck some fake plants into a fake driftwood decoration. And I've made some cool. backgrounds, but that's about it. I'm not a big DIY guy. I'm more, if you make it gotcha. for me, I'll pay you kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, I love tinkering with stuff. I've, I've made some of my own uh, filters and stuff, some sumps and whatnot. But, uh, well, all right. Uh, yeah, great answer. Did you make a 3D background then? Is that what you kind of made? Actually, I just did a, a regular one. I'm not that okay. kind of okay. DIY. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. All right, What what is your favorite fish? Ooh, a great question. Uh, I actually just did a show on this very subject yesterday. But it's hard for me to say my actual favorite fish, though. Um, but I do have one that I think is probably my best favorite fish. And my favorite fish would have to be Oscars. I love Oscars. I love their personalities. And I think Oscars are kind of um, badass and kind of nice looking. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. When I had my piranhas and my Oscars, my Oscars would beat up my piranha. You would think piranha would be a vicious fish, but they're really not. That's true. So, Pranas are kind of wimpy in your are kind of wimpy in the home aquarium. I noticed that too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, my it, 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 the second they even would look at my Oscars wrong, my Oscars would go attack them. <laughs> I thought that was kind of I thought that was amusing. Okay, <laughs> right. Number, my my eighth question: What was your worst catastrophe you ever had with a fish tank? I think this recent one was probably 
perhaps my worst catastrophe. Unfortunately, I just recently lost over $90 due to a parasite outbreak caused by $10 Severums. I lost my beautiful green phantom pleco and some really cool stuff. All these fish were in quarantine, too, so um, that was pretty shocking. But that's the hobby. You live and learn. I just have to start over. That probably is one of my worst catastrophes. A couple of years ago in 2012 when Massachusetts had the, uh, a blizzard, called, I think it was called Nemo, the blizzard, I lost my whole 150. So so I've had a couple of oh, uh, disasters. Yeah. Ouch. It's usually all in the all the, all the disasters are usually in the winter. So, so the spring yeah, and summer is yeah. good for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When the winter and then the uh, power goes out and you lose stuff. Yeah, we we have to deal with that same thing here. Like I said earlier, it's three degrees here and it's blizzard, so I, I feel your pain. All right, um, number nine. What is your largest fish tank you have currently? Well, I just sold my 55-gallon aquarium because it was on the floor with no stand. As you know, Massachusetts gets freezing cold, so the water was getting really cold, and my heaters were overworking. So right now, my largest tank is my 20-gallon fish tank that is holding my last survivors, which is a common pleco. We all know that common plecos are very hardy. A Salvini cichlid mm-hmm. and a tracky tracky catfish, which is a Amazonian driftwood catfish. But I'll be getting a 75-gallon to a 180-gallon aquarium sometime in the next three months. I'm just saving up my money. I personally want a 125 or a 180. Yeah, that would be an awesome-sized tank. Yeah, uh, If you can, spring for the 180, man. Just, you know, I, that's probably what I would do, my personal preference. I know it's a little bit more money, but it's a lot. that's a nice tank. Then you could get the Hystrix Stingrays. I know, that's what I was thinking. That's why I want to get a 180, because I'd like to do Stingrays on Oscars. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, that answers my uh, number 10 question, then. How many tanks do you have? Well, right now I have uh, just the one, but in the future, I am planning on having three to five tanks running. I want to have at least two freshwater one saltwater tank, and I'd like to do discus or even a frontosa tank in the future. Oh, that would be cool. That would be very cool. Uh, yeah, frontosas, I, those are those are pretty fish too. I like those. Never had them, but they're they're they're, they're pretty. Yeah, they're kind right. of cool looking. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, my eleventh one. Do you have any fish for breeding at the moment? No, not currently, but over the years, I've bred, let's see here, I've bred a lot of fish over the years, but the uh, silver dollars, believe it or not, I've actually bred silver dollars by accident. Um, I picked up oh, wow. two large, yeah, I picked up two large silver dollars from the fish store, not knowing that they were male and female, and I had them in my 75-gallon tank um, for a couple of weeks, and all of a sudden, I noticed that they were getting aggressive, and I was like, why are they getting aggressive? this well, So I phoned up the fish store and said, my silver dollars are getting aggressive. Why are they aggressive? They didn't know what was going on. The next morning, I woke up, and they had eggs on a rock. And I was like, wow, did my silver dollars really, really breed? And wow. um, believe it or not, the fry were, were raised successfully. So I was very happy for that. I was able to raise some silver dollar fry. That's awesome. That's, just, that's, that's really cool. 
Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I, I uh, unfortunately, the juveniles got eaten by an Oscar. The whole. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Not good! Not good! The pesky Oscars, I tell you. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but it's, it's also bred Fish and uh, Griffin those Pluckos, and of course the Guppies, Bloodies, and Four Seals. Yeah, I, I, you asked me if I ever had, you know, if I had any breeding fish, and I answered correctly. I, for that time period, but yeah, I, I I had guppies at one point in time too, but I don't know if you can do you consider those breeding fish because they're like rabbits. I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter what you do, they're going to do it anyways. Yeah, I don't think they're breeding fish because they're born they're made to breed. I think. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. My point, exactly. Like I said, you, you might as well buy rabbits. <laughs> but uh, anyways, <laughs> they're always horny, um, and then. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I always had tons of guppies. I I, I kind of missed that, but uh, you know, but then you always had to put them in a, a separate. Uh, con- you know, I always got fish nets for them, little breeding nets. So oh, nice. a, a, a lot of work, a lot of work. But you know, um, so I love watching videos of it now. I've got uh, two people in my group that uh, they were breeding mollies and guppies. So I love watching the videos that they uh, post for us. But uh, then my last question, and uh, I already know the answer to this one now, I think. But is your 29-gallon tank planted or not? Uh, nope, I have no planted tanks at the moment, but I actually do like plants. I like the Amazon scores and stuff, so mm-hmm. maybe in the future I'll have a planted tank. Uh, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I, I love our planted tank. Um, you know, I put a lot of thought into the, the the most thought I put into it was lighting because I, I, I did hours and hours and hours of research on what kind of lighting that you should have, you know, for a planted tank. And uh, I ended up putting up, uh, going back to do-it-yourself stuff, I have a five, my 100 gallons only five foot long. Nobody makes five foot canopies anymore. So I, I built the canopy for it. Anyway, in the canopy, um, I had to figure out what kind of lights I wanted for my planted tank. And I, I actually got most of my information from hydroponics and gardening websites, not aquarium websites. And uh, I've been very successful, you know, with my plants, with the lighting that I've got. I think that's probably more important than FERTs and uh, CO2 because I don't do any of those. Um, but I'm constantly taking plants to my local fish store. And like the last time I brought a set of plants and I got 40 bucks. So, um, but anyway, I, I'm using, uh, 6,500 watt or 6,500 K, not 6,500 watt, 6,500 K light spectrum, you know, um, compact fluorescence are 85 watts each. So I got two of them. They're equivalent to, uh, 500 watts of incandescent light as far as, light emitting and then uh, another real important thing that you have to know with lights is a CRI number they all um, I can't remember what the C for but it's a rendering index something rendering index I can't remember what the C stands for the higher the number the deeper it can penetrate the water so uh, I know mine are 91 the C might stand for coloring coloring rendering index don't quote me on that 
I'm probably wrong on the fee, but those are some very important things to learn because it used to go by wattage and everything has changed in, over the years. So wattage is not as important as the color, the, the, the Kelvin and the CRI. 6,500 is closest to sunlight. That's why I got um, 6,500. That's awesome. Awesome information. Well, thank you. I just figured you might want to know that if you're going to go into a planet tank. Yeah, I took that down because I know it's important information. Mm-hmm. So, you want to discuss discus or stingrays first? Yep, yep. We'll start with discus. I know you had some uh, wonderful questions, Jeff, so thank you for asking me those questions. Now we'll get into our conversation. So we're going to discuss discus and stingrays right now, but first we'll start with discus. So what got you into discus, and what do you like about them, Jeff? Um, the, the, reason, the main reason I got into discus is because I had just come off saltwater, and I wanted something that was going to be as, as pretty as saltwater as close as I could get. And at the time, this was years ago, discus were it. I mean, I know they've got more colorful fish now and and, and stuff like that, but at the time, the discus was really the, uh, that was the next step, you know, before you went to, uh, say, you know, saltwater. And uh, that's really the main reason why I wanted to do, uh, to do, uh, discus, but uh, as I had bought them, I was working at a pet store, so I thought, you know, cool, you know, I'll, I'll get these, and uh, I should be okay, I work at a pet store, I, I should uh, I should know what's going on, so but I learned the hard way that they're very hard fish to keep, they're not, uh, they're definitely not a beginner fish. Very well said, and I agree with you on that. Now, how many discus do you have now, and what are your what are their take what are what tank mates are you keeping with your discus? Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I missed that. That's my fault. That's okay. How many discus do you have now? What are their take mates? Um, okay, the ones I've got now um, in my main tank, like I said earlier, I, I have the um, blue I have the blue pigeon blood. I have a regular pigeon blood. Um, and I, I have a blue diamond, which are all in the uh, four to five inch diameter. I have a uh, Marlboro red and a, uh, a a brilliant turquoise in the main tank, which are those are more of a about a three to four inch range. And then I have two uh, snakeskins, um, one red and one blue in the quarantine tank and those are maybe two inch they're very young and then i have about a two two and a half inch um oh what is that guy a cobalt cobalt uh blue um discus that's what i have right now that's my complete inventory right now awesome sounds great So what is your favorite discus? Definitely that um, blue pigeon blood. 
it just got it's got awesome markings. Um, I get lots of compliments on it every time I post it. it it's just it's uh, I, I guess it's a, a, a white yellow on the body with dark orange squigglies going through it, and the top fin's got a, a haze of blue going through them. It's just it's a, it's a, it's a gorgeous fish. I love that fish. It sounds like a very pretty discus. Now, my my next question for discus is, what is your advice to people who want to keep discus? Um, my advice, and people can take this for what they want, because I want to tell you, before I answer this question, there are hundreds of different ways that people will tell you how to take care of discus. Um, I started out with the planted tank for the discus because I just thought that would be, you know, the ultimate. But I started out with discus in the tank that were way too young, and discus are so susceptible to parasites when they're very young that I lost probably three or $400 worth of discus. So that being said, my discus tanks are both, my quarantine and my main display tanks are, are bare bottom. I really don't use a whole lot for filtration. I, I have two sponge filters in my 20-gallon um, quarantine tank, and that's it. I have two sponge filters in my 90-gallon with an overhead sump that I made. Inside the overhead sump, I have um, CCAM matrix for a bio, and I have uh, pyrogen. And then to keep my nitrates down, I grow pothos in my overhead sump. So the last time I was a, the last time I checked my uh, water parameters, I had zero parts per million ammonia, zero parts per million nitrites, and because of my pathos and also daily water changes, I only had five parts per million of nitrates. So then that's the other big thing for me. I do uh, I do a 30% water change every single day on the 90 gallon tank, and I do about a 60 to 70 percent water change every single day in the quarantine tank. Um, pristine water is is mandatory for discus. The more water changes, the better. Uh, there's some people that will say you don't need as many. There's some people that say they change out 100% of their water every day. So you're going to get different answers from everybody, but that's how I do it. Sounds great, and I know it's going to be a uh... This just can be very fun to keep. Now, I want to save this very topic for its own show, but would you be willing to be one of the guests on this show where we discuss why discus are not good for beginners? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I would love to because as a beginner, like I said, I lost a lot of fish. So um, I, I, I would love to do that with you, Alex. All right, sounds great. So I'll send you the date and we can get that show scheduled. All right, sounds good. Well, looking forward to it. Yeah, me too, me too. And maybe we can help people out there that want to get into it and get them a little more educated before they just dive into discus. I mean, they're not the hardest fish to keep. Well, kind of they are, but it can be done. You just have to know what you're doing, that's all. That's very true. Ready to talk stingrays now? I, I, I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about, Alex. You're, it's your show, bud. 
<laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> Thank you for that. But what do you what do you like about stingrays? <laughs> um, I I just love stingrays because they're just they're unique. They're different looking, and uh, you know I just I, I love the way they burrow in the sand and hide. I, I love the way they swim. I love the way they you know move. I, I just love everything about them. They're just they're very cool fish, and, and I, I'm going to go out on a limb here to say those are probably the hardest freshwater fish to keep. Way harder than well, I won't say way harder, but they're harder than disc. And I think a lot of people out there will agree with me. Um, freshwater stingrays are very susceptible to any kind of any kind of fluctuation of any sort. And I know ammonia is really bad for discus, but if you get 0 0.02 parts per million in discus tank, or I mean in a stingray tank, you, you could kill them. You could give them death curl. So it's, it's maintenance on those is, is, is really, they require harder water, you know, hard, harder regimen of water keep than, than discus. That's just what I've personally learned over the years. And that's good information. It's, it's very sad to see uh, beautiful stingrays get death curl, and ammonia seems to be the biggest problem with death curl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, filtration. Filtration is the key with stingrays. Um, filtration, filtration, filtration. That's what I'm going to build my um, moving bed fluidized sump for is my stingray tank. Um, and then when I do my large tank, I've already acquired two 55-gallon drums that I will make a huge filter out of for the large stingray tank. That I'm going, I'm going to build one that's probably eight foot by four foot is my goal. I don't know how high nice. I'm going to build it yet, but you know, because stingrays really don't care how high they go. They're, they're they're bottom dwellers anyway, so I might I might only go 18 inches tall. I haven't decided yet. If I do an arowana. I'll probably go 24 to 30 inches tall. Nice. Now, what is the original stingray that you wanted, but you couldn't find? Oh, I really want Leopold eyes. Those are the black ones with the white dots, um, or even a Leopold eye diamond. Those are just absolutely gorgeous stingrays. I'd love to have a Matoro or even a Marlboro Matoro. You know, those are just beautiful rays. Um, I am in line at my local fish store right now. They have a set of they have a set of uh, true hystrix from from Brazil, not Peru, that uh, are pregnant, and I'm on the list to uh, get one of those babies. So oh, those are pretty you. cool looking. <laughs> yeah, those are pretty cool looking uh, stingrays as well. So uh, I, I love hystrix. They're just really small. They just got a unique look to them. Um, very, very happy with my retics too. They, they got great personalities. They like to come up to the tank and 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 check you out and see how you're doing. And or they're, or it's repetitive that they're you're feeding them. They're coming up to you, but yeah, it, it looks like they're coming to see you. <laughs> I, I really great. do love the rays. Yeah, they're just awesome. Me fish. too. My personal favorite is the Matoral Stingray because they're beautiful looking, in my opinion. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I, I love, I agree, I love Matorals. I love the, I love the polka dots. They're just awesome. 
Um, so they're not very common around here. No, yeah, they're not very common around here either. So I, 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 I had the opportunity to buy one once, but the guy at the fish store that I was at was just being ridiculous. You know, he told me he wanted four hundred dollars for the Matoro, and I would have to catch it. And I was like, I'm oh my not God. paying four hundred. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not paying four hundred dollars for a Matoro, and I can get them for two. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I walked. I walked out of there irritated, but I, I walked out. And I wanted that fish. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, 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 the reason I don't have Leopold eyes is because they are very hard to come by too. I would probably have to order them online, and they're for a good one. You're you're looking at twenty five hundred dollars for a fish. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Yes, but my my goal is to have a pair of those one day, a male and a female. Awesome. Have you ever been stung by a stingray? Fortunately, no, I I, I have not. Um, and I've toyed around with them to see, you know, how temperamental they can be. But um, the retics are very, very placid. They, they, they use the whip of the with the of the tail like ultimate last resort. So, you know, I can piss them off pretty good without getting uh, without getting nailed. But yeah, it's one of my fears. Now. Uh, I, I think I heard you say you had a Matoro a while back. I, I guess those are a little bit more feisty. They're a little bit more apt to whip the tail around. But uh, so I think as long as I have the uh, retex, I probably won't have to worry about it. They they run off and scurry before they'll even think about hitting with the tail. So I mean, yes, it's a fear. Is it one I'm truly worried about? Not at the moment. Am I going to be worried about it when I get different rays? Probably. Yeah, I've actually seen yeah. someone get stung by a. I've actually seen someone get stung by a large motoro, and then it, it didn't look like it was something that I didn't want to happen to me. It looked like he was in excruciating pain. Oh yeah, yeah, especially with the venom. I mean, you know, I, I, like I said, I know it's not enough to kill you, but uh, it is enough. Like my my friend that uh, works at the uh, pet store that um, they have the um, the Hystrix at, she actually got nailed in her uh, in one of her fingers by a baby, and she said it hurt for six months. She could feel it. So, and that has something to do with the the venom, I guess, eats away at the skin or something. So, but yeah, she said it took about a good six months before it stopped really. You know, before it really went away. So yeah, I want I I I wouldn't be looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been an awesome show. I want to thank you for being such an awesome guest and being my first guest of 2015. Oh, and thank you very much. I'm I'm honored. I'm honored you asked. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. So we're going to take our final commercial break. When we come back, I'm going to have some announcements, and we'll get ready to wrap up this great show. So stick around, folks, for those awesome announcements after this commercial break, folks. Do you own a local fish store in your area? Do you own an online aquarium shop? 
Well, contact Aquatic Wetline at Outlook.com and get yourself a radio commercial advertising your business. The Aquatic Wetline is heard by over 200 people for each episode, so get your name out there. Please contact Aquatic Wetline at Outlook.com so we can advertise your business. We advertise fish stores, aquarium shops, YouTube channels, and anything in the freshwater and saltwater fish keeping hobby. So if you're interested in advertising your business, please contact us, aquaticwetline at outlook.com, and we will prepare you with an awesome commercial for this show. Are you a fish keeper that has expertise in the aquarium hobby? Would you like to be interviewed on the Aquatic Wetline to discuss your favorite species of fish or share your aquarium hobby? We at the Aquatic Wetline are always looking for fun, exciting, and awesome guests. So if you're interested in speaking on fish or the aquarium hobby on the Aquatic Wetline, please contact Aqua Alex at AquaticWetline at Outlook.com. That's AquaticWetline at Outlook.com. Or you can contact Fishkeeper James Carnelli. His email is JimmySilverArrow at AOL.com. That's JimmySilverArrow at AOL.com. So, please contact AquaticWetline at Outlook.com or JimmySilverArrow at AOL.com if you are interested in being a guest on the Aquatic Wetline. Aquatic Wetline is now on iTunes. You can download any of our archived episodes on iTunes. You can listen to any of our past episodes on your ride to work or your long ride on vacation. Simply go to the podcast section of iTunes and search for Aquatic Wetline to find us. Enjoy. Would you like your topical fish question answered live on our Fish Keepers United Question and Answer? Then send all of your topical fish questions to aquaticwetline at outlook.com. You can ask any freshwater or saltwater questions you have. We look forward to answering your questions. So submit them to aquaticwetline at outlook.com. No question is too dumb. We'll answer them all. So send them in right now. Calling all fish keepers. Make sure you're a part of the very first fish keepers question and answer of 2015. 
the very first Fish Keepers question and answer of 2015 will air live Monday, January 26, 2015 at 8 p.m. Eastern right here on the Aquatic Wetline. So make sure you get your questions answered. Please submit your questions to AquaticWetline at Outlook.com. That's AquaticWetline at Outlook.com. Or you can post your questions on social media. Tweet your questions to at AquaAlex or at AlexCardinelli1, capital A in Alex. Or post your questions on our Facebook fan group called the Aquatic Wetline Radio Fan Group. So, make sure you send your questions in by January 26, 2015. We'll answer every question we get. So make sure you're a part of the very first Q&A of 2015. Again, email AquaticWetline at Outlook.com, Twitter at AquaAlex or at AlexCardinelli1 or on our Facebook page, the Aquatic Wetline Radio Fan Group. I look forward to answering your questions, so send them in right now. Would you like to be a guest on the Fish Keepers United series? This series has become very successful after our first four episodes. I love interviewing fish keepers. So, if you're a fish keeper and you're interested in asking Aqua Alex questions, and you're interested in Aqua Alex asking you questions, please contact Aqua Alex so you can be booked on the Fish Keepers United series. Contact Aqua Alex at AquaticWetline at Outlook.com. That's AquaticWetline at Outlook.com. Or you can message him on his personal Facebook account, Aqua Alex Cardinelli on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you on Fish Keepers United. Hey, listeners of the Aquatic Wetline, this here is Alex Cardinelli, and I'm inviting you to be a part of my talk show, The Alex Cardinelli Show. On The Alex Cardinelli Show, we talked about everything from current news, to sports, to current events, to dogs, to politics, to everything you can imagine. So come join us at The Alex Cardinelli Show. We are live Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. We are live Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern. And we are live Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern. The Oscar Nelly Show airs three days a week, Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday, with Friday being our current news episode. And Tuesday and Sunday will be our fun shows where we'll discuss anything and everything and have a fun guest on the show. So come check out the Alice Cardinelli Show on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com forward slash crazy Alex Talks. Come on, 
Come on, you know you want to be a part of this great talk show. So I'll see you at the Alice Cornelli Show, blogtalkradio.com forward slash crazy Alex Talk. Okay, we're back here live on the Aquatic Wetline, and what a fantastic show we've had tonight. I've had my first guest of 2015 on the show, and I'm very honored to have him on. He did a fantastic job. So before I end today's show, I have a couple of announcements I would like to make. First, I want to wish you guys all a wonderful 2015. And a happy Friday, because we have Friday off tomorrow, so there's no show on the Aquatic Wetline tomorrow. But our next show is going to be live on Saturday, uh, January 10th, 2015, at 8 p.m. Eastern. I'll be interviewing Blueview Aquatics owner Josh Rodriguez. So our guest of the year for, 25th, uh, for 2014, Josh Rodriguez returns to the show this Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern. So join me this Saturday as I welcome back the guest of the year for 2014, 8 p.m. Eastern. And our Life in the Amazon series returns on Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern as we talk about Amazonian catfish. So that's going to be wonderful as well. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight on the Aquatic Wetline. Jeff, I want to say thank you for being here. You did a fantastic job tonight, Jeff. Well, thank you very much for having me. I, I really enjoyed myself, and uh, I'm looking forward to the uh, the discus breeding show. Uh, or not breeding show. You know what I mean. The discus uh, beginner show. That's what I meant. <laughs> awesome. So before we go, can you uh, please tell us about your Facebook group again? Yeah, yep. Uh, my my Facebook uh, face group, Facebook group. Wow, sorry about that. A little tongue twister there. Um, Jeff's Fish and Aquarium Discussion Group. Uh, again, that's uh, Jeff's Fish and Aquarium Discussion Group. We uh, it's a group of us that are just dedicated to uh, fish keeping, um, educating people about how to take care of the fish that they have. You know. Um, doing, uh, having a bunch of people of knowledge and, and good advice to help people. And, uh, you know, also you can show your your tanks that you're proud of, maybe ask questions about them. Um, we try to do it with no sales, so we're trying to keep everything strictly, you know, educational, knowledge. We do run contests. We, we, we have contests for... Uh, best picture of whatever might be for that particular contest. Um, and winner gets the uh, banner picture, you know, until next uh, contest. So we try to keep it fun. We try to keep it real. And uh, we're, we're doing our best to try to keep it for everyone. So if, if you'd like to give us, a, you know, a look, again, it's just Fish and Aquarium Discussion Group. Um, I have three great admins to help me out. Rob Cartledge, Matthew Barlow, and Mandy Cohen. They're, they're great help for uh, for the group that I, I've got, and uh, I, I hope to uh, have some people join. That would be great. Awesome. That sounds great, and thank you for joining me tonight. I had fun with you. Uh, I had a great time, too, Alex. Thank you very much. 
Um, I have to admit, I was nervous at first, but uh, but you made it easy for me. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you all for listening live to this fantastic episode of the Aquatic Wetline. I'm your host, Aqua Alex, and we'll see you for our next episode of the Aquatic Wetline. Peace out, everyone. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Aquatic Wetline, your one-stop podcast for everything aquarium. Aqua Alex wants to thank you for listening. Return next time for a fun-filled episode. Please check us out on iTunes. Leave a good review if you enjoyed it. And like our fan page on Facebook called Aquatic Wetline Podcast. And join our fan group called Aquatic Wetline Radio Fan Group on Facebook. Until next time, goodbye fish keepers. Hank on.